0: maybe they just lucked out and there was this uh, viral TikTok, and that was the uh, the sole reason that they became so popular. And that is and isn't the reality necessarily, because often whatever we see, it might be our first time encountering it. So we think, oh, it was an overnight success. But maybe there were a lot of things behind that person's path. Maybe the, uh, let's say the actor that was an overnight
1: success podcast You are now listening to Stability Podcast hosted by Hassan Ashraf This week's episode is brought to you by Imposters Be your true self Please check them out on the Instagram at Impostors Understore Inc. Now, here is the following episode.
0: Well, let me tell you, I feel like I've lived more than one lifetime. I used to be uh, an editorial coordinator for one of the foremost newspapers in Mexico City. So I've been that for a while, for um, a pretty long while, to be honest. Uh, I would say um, that... I was feeling like I would never leave because I loved it so much. I really enjoyed that line of work. To me, it was something fascinating. Uh, I was responsible for many different supplements. Supplements is the name that we gave many magazines that were published by this newspaper. And I really learned and got involved in pretty much any subject you can think of, Hassan, for example. I would have supplements about architecture, female entrepreneurs, food and wine, uh, beauty. Um, let's say uh, certain types of health issues, uh, environmental concerns, certain types of businesses, etc. So it was really very fascinating. But here's the thing, and as somebody that is also somehow involved in media, such as yourself, because I do know that you also have a very interesting uh, activity during. Your off hours when you're not podcasting. Right. But well, in any case, you're doing podcasts, and you do understand that, um, how the media works. And very specifically, I'm sure you can appreciate that keeping up with the news cycle is uh, all consuming. So I would say that in many lines of work, let's say when you were uh, at the end of what would others might consider a normal work day, you could say, well, I'm a little tired, I'll just head off home, or I'll leave this for tomorrow. But when you work in media, and very specifically in newspapers, that's just not something that you can do, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that cannot not be done. You need to be on permanently. It might be the wee hours and a story might break, or you might be, you know, starting your lunch break, but then something happens, someone dies, someone, uh, you know, gets elected, so, something might happen right? That changes the course of your day. So in reality, Hasan, I was really, really enjoying my my career. I was very successful. I was uh, making great money. It was wonderful. I was managing a a large number of people and such, but I was also working 14 hours, 15 hours, 16 hours, days and beyond, which again, I didn't like because I loved it. But I have to say, Hasan, even if you love something you cannot you know do it to the exclusion of everything else and that is pretty much what drew me to your podcast because the very title of the podcast and the logo the the image that you have as a logo does seem to reflect to me the idea that people need to have a more well balanced or a more Mm well-rounded uh life and that's something that that happened and led me to do something else um, at some point, Hassan, what happened was that a lot of situations started happening in my life. For example, I had to undergo the untimely death of my father, also the definitely untimely death of my younger brother. He was very, very young at the time, and and so on, like a number of different mm-hmm. very trying things. Uh, and I felt, Hassan, that I needed more time or some amount of time to spend with people that I loved and it got me to thinking that I really had been uh, let's say compromising or making a little bit of a deal with the devil in the sense that yes I was doing great yes I was making good money yes it was a very powerful position to put it that way but on the other hand uh, I really had no personal life to speak of, none whatsoever. So um, at some point, I did make the decision to do something vastly different. And although I would never be accused of being a crazy spontaneous person, I decided to uh, move to Los Angeles and start an entirely new life and career from scratch. So I think that was very out of character, but it ended up working great. And now I'm doing really interesting things, Hassan
1: you know you put brought in the point of uh that once to achieve success one must sacrifice something you know one must sacrifice there's a lot of people don't realize that as a, at a young age you know i feel like people think success should come easy to you success should come just like that if you work hard enough but when we talk about working hard that's different for everyone. And I don't think people realize that. You know, you you work hard towards getting a good grade, okay? Some people can work hard two hours a day and get, the same grade as someone who works 14 hours a day to get the same grade right and it just depends on the person and i think people don't realize is to achieve success success has different meanings right success can mean many multiple things to different people some people believe that getting up in the morning every single day is success to them you know some people have it tough they have anxiety they have depression just getting up and going about their day is successful to them but For some people who don't have such a thing and just getting up to them is nothing. That's a normal daily habit. You know, they're, they're like, whatever, but to them to success is making a million dollars to someone. It's a million billion, whatever the value of money or whatever the value or objective thing that they're trying to uh, quantify as, uh, or justify a success right and i like what you and I, what you said is like you know working 14 hours a day great okay you're going towards your career you're going towards your dream and you're at that time you were probably still you know in your 20s and your 30s you know or actually i don't know how old you are you look like you're 30. but i'm just saying like you know you're probably in your youth trying to achieve that goal you know so you're tra- trying to achieve that stability financial financial independence you know, at a young age you're like you know by the time I'm 40 if I'm financially independent you know I've made it like that's it I can enjoy my 40s and you're probably trying to help out your parents trying to help out your siblings but what is something what people forget and I love and sad part is I'm sorry to hear about your brother and your dad and the untimely death especially your younger brother couldn't imagine anything without my younger brother or sister right and it's tough because you work so hard. Sometimes you forget about the most important things in life. The important things is life is not chasing after your dreams all the time. It's sometimes people don't realize is your dream is right beside you. Your dreams and your hopes and your reality are the people around you, the people that you continuously to meet, the connections that you make. At the end of the day, when you're 70 years old, retired and sitting there, no money comes and goes at that point. You don't really care about the money that you have when you're seven years old and sitting in a uh, a home and you're like, you know, what did I do with my life? You're not going to think back. Oh, I made $10 when I was 12. I made a hundred when I was 13 and I accumulate every single dime that you made. You're going to think about the people that you met along the way. You're going to be like, Oh yeah. I remember when I was 13, I had this really great friend. I wonder where he is now. I wonder how his life turned out. When you're 20, you're going to remember your college mates. You're going to, when you're, twenty five, you're gonna remember your first people that you worked with, your coworkers, you're gonna remember your bosses. you're gonna remember the people that were around you. You're gonna remember your you know your family, you're gonna remember your siblings, you're gonna remember your friends. These are the things that you remember. It's the connections that you made when you get older. The places that you visited, the places that you saw, the things that you experienced, not the money, not the success. That's whatever. At the end of the day, success is whatever, you know, money is whatever. And I think people don't realize and I think it was a great point that you brought up the fact that you realize this. You're like, you know, I'm chasing after this. I'm putting 16 hours a day. I'm you know, I'm loving my job. That's great. I love my job. But, you know, do I love it too much? There's such thing as too much love, too. You can love your job. But if are you giving this thing your whole life like you're not you have a whole world like, you know, there's a giant world out there. There's a giant, vast amounts of opportunities. And, you know, the the era that we live in right now is an era of entrepreneurs, you know, and I really do enjoy that era because everyone's trying different things. Everyone's trying to dip their toes in a lot of different things. And, you know, and with social media, everyone's like, oh, let me try this. Let me try that. And we're not stuck in that day and age where it was like, oh, you know, you became an engineer. You're just an engineer for the rest of your life. Oh, you're a taxi driver. That's all you did for the rest of your life. Oh, then your son becomes the same thing. They do it. It's just all generational. Now it's becoming like, oh, the dad's an engineer but the son's a carpenter or or the son is a plumber or the son is in you know um is doing something totally different he's a influencer like it's like it's amazing to see that in a family there's just so many different varieties now and people aren't just going after like a family business or the family thing And it's giving a much variety. And I think a lot of people need to start realizing that, you know, chasing after money or chasing after materialistic things at the end of the day is not going to get you, you know, the happiness. And like you said, your brother died an untimely death, right? Imagine how much time you missed spending with him because you were too busy working, right? I'm sure you'll explain that. And the amount of time that you missed spending with your dad, maybe you only saw him once a week because you're working 16 hours a a week, or maybe you saw him only once a month because you live so far away. And I don't know, like, what, what's your opinion on that? Like, I feel like, you know, chasing after mysterious like, things, you're going to lose the time that you have with the people that you love.
0: I think you said like a thousand extremely interesting yeah, things. Yeah, sorry about that. that. Maybe I wanna, we can backtrack a Yeah, little. for sure. No, but in reality, I have to say that you mentioned firstly something that's interesting that no matter what... Um, Whenever you look at a successful person, it tends to be that that successful person does invest a certain amount of time in uh, their success per se. Sometimes, especially uh, now, but I think it's been a, it's been true all in all uh, eras. Sometimes we see, I don't know, a celebrity popping up or an influencer popping up or an actor popping up and we think, oh, that was an overnight success, or maybe they just lucked out and there was this uh, viral TikTok and that was the, uh, the sole reason that they became so popular. And that is and isn't the reality necessarily, because often whatever we see, it might be our first time encountering it, so we think, oh, it was an overnight success but maybe there were a lot of things behind that person's path. Maybe the, uh, let's say the actor that was an overnight success, quote unquote, was actually somebody that had been in school play since he was a little boy and he's been auditioning for, I don't know, 10 years now and getting rejected time and time again. You never really know. Or maybe somebody that's in a viral video, well, maybe we feel like Oh, it happened in an instant, because this is the very first time that we are hearing of them. But maybe, like uh, you and I were discussing, before the actual show. Maybe these people have invested a lot of money on audio equipment, technology. They might have done market research. They might invest a lot of money in either their appearance or something else that we're not totally aware of. So it's quite interesting. Sometimes things that seem very effortless are really not. So that's something to bear in mind. Uh, But then you also uh, mentioned something that was very important, which is the fact that chasing after money specifically or something specifically can lead you to miss out on other experiences. And absolutely, I think that that is uh, absolutely right. In my case, I had the the bonus or the appeal that my job was indeed very prestigious and uh, I was making a lot of money. But for me, the appeal was just the activity in and of itself. It was just fascinating. It was just an an activity that, uh, it was very thrilling to me. I found it very fascinating learning about uh, news in every aspect to me. I mean, I love being well informed about everything that I can and it was just amazing. But on the other hand, the fact that it was very well paid Ended up being, for me at least, a form of handcuffs or golden handcuffs, in that I couldn't really say, okay, there, see you later, I'm taking off. Because, I mean, of course, I had grown accustomed to making a very good living. And certainly that's very hard to give up, I have to say, especially when you enjoy what you do. So that was something important. But I absolutely agree with your point that in the end, people, what they value more is the experiences that they had and the connections that they had absolutely um in fact i wrote a book recently and one of the chapters focuses on having as in having things or status symbols or surrounding yourself with luxury items or the new collaboration in at leisure wear or the new drop as to shoes or whatnot um versus being and it might sound a little bit um hard to understand what I'm what what i trying to say with this, but here's the thing. Um, I was taking a course at the University of Seoul in South Korea several years ago. And one of the teachers mentioned that at that time, I don't know if, if this is true still, but at that time he said it was accurate. He said that Korea, while being a capitalist country, had certain um, situations that were similar to what you might expect from a communist country. And I said, well, that sounds very mysterious. What do you mean by that? And he said, well, it seems to me that regardless of one's position in society, here in South Korea, most people tend to dress the same way and to drive the same types of cars and to like the same kinds of things and to seek out the same kinds of stuff and i was like oh that's fascinating but then how would one signal one's uh, position in society if one wants to i mean you know flex or whatever the case may be and he said well here's the thing what we believe to be um very glamorous is knowing how to speak english and being a teacher, working as a teacher. So I thought, oh, that's very interesting. I don't know if that's accurate anymore. It might not be. But I thought, okay, that's fascinating because those are status symbols that would be built in. They would be a part of you. Nobody can take them away. Even if your personal finances go amiss or whatever the case may be, it's never going away it's a part of you and i thought that's quite fascinating if uh not to say that we should you know turn our back on everything that is material that would also not be realistic or or necessarily helpful but the thing is that if we invest a lot of money on for instance let's say that you and i go and we spend a lot of money on a house or a car or a wardrobe and we meet someone today, that person will not be impressed by our house because they've never seen our house. They will not be impressed by our car because, I mean, un- unless we meet them as we're driving up to the place, they wouldn't see our car. And uh, even if we have a great wardrobe, I mean, they might get to see the very specific thing we're wearing that day, but not the full, you know, extension of our wonderful collection or maybe that particular day maybe we were at the gym and we're all sweaty and weird and we're not dressed up. I really don't know. So I think even on a very practical level, if you want to go around impressing people, not to say that you shouldn't strive for material success, that's also important for many, but building impressiveness into you as a person is A very sound idea. I thought that was uh, a very good takeaway from from that class. What you just uh, said there is actually
1: crazy. Uh, You know what that I've never actually heard that in my life, but I've heard it in certain ways said that, you know, when someone tells you is like, if you want to go for an interview and you want to impress someone, it's great what you've done before no one cares what you've done before. They don't care. They, okay. Yeah. They know you have an education. They know you've worked at different places. Okay. That's great. That's impressive and all. But when they meet you, that is when you need to be impressive. That's when you need to have a charismatic personality. That's when you need to be knowledgeable. That's when you need to sound professional. That's when you need to act professional You know, when we're younger and we're growing up and the biggest nitpicking things that people pick on is your manner, your mannerism, how you act in society. You know, when a kid isn't being, uh, is being disrespectful and the mom's like, no, don't, you can't do that. No, this is not what you're supposed to do. You know, you're supposed to say, thank you. You're supposed to, that's building impressiveness isn't it impressive when you see a little kid three or four saying thank you every time he gets a snack or is like oh you're welcome or says hi to someone he meets for the first time he or she and you know when the kid comes up and like shakes their hand that's impressive he's way ahead of what he should be doing at that age what they these kids should be doing at that age right that's impressive now as a 18 year old trying to get his first job or whatever in the professional field you show up knowledge in hand you know what the company is all about you know how to act professionally you know how to talk properly you know you have the proper english language you have the grammar the syntax you have a really nice resume a cover letter you're dressed properly now that is impressive that is what people want that you can show up in gucci clothes you can show up in versace What's so so impressive about that? I'm sure the guy who's interviewing could probably buy that, but is he going to? All he's going to get from that is like, okay, he wasted $500 on a t-shirt. Okay, great. What's so impressive about that? I could go waste $500 on something too. That doesn't show impressive. That just shows you have a lot of money that you could have been investing into something else and using it smartly. Instead, you thought it was smart enough to waste it on $500 on a t-shirt. You know, and it's like, that's not impressive. That's just, oh, that's great. That's impressive. You look impressive from the outside, but just from the inside means you're just shallow or you're just someone else. I'm not saying that everyone who owns a $500 Versace search is shallow. I'm just saying that's the kind of things you're gonna go. And the moment that you talk, your English is beat up. You can't talk properly. You can't hold up a conversation. You can't keep eye contact. You can, you stutter every time you speak about something and you can't speak properly about something. You have no knowledge about anything. Okay, great. You we know you're rich, but we just know you got rich bases off not doing anything professionalism, and you're not meant for this job. So I like how you put that and what your professor said in Korea because like, you know, that's not something we think about every time we go outside. Every time we're on social media, we're always thinking about the Lamborghinis, we're thinking about the Ferraris, we're thinking about the mansions, thinking about the people in a beach house, you know, sitting on the beaches in Miami. We think, look at that stuff. We don't look at the fact that, you know, what is the person actually, is the person actually impressive? They do impressive things. They are around impressive people. They're around impressive things and, you know, they have impressive things or they've done impressive stuff, right? It's like, but are the, is the person actually impressive? You know, I liked how you put that. So that was very interesting.
0: I'm glad that that you found it interesting. And what I find interesting is that you were mentioning the situation with Instagram, for example, Mm -hmm. when you see all of these people with their fancy cars, et cetera, or even going out of their way to spend money on, uh, you know, like uh, breaking their iPhone or whatever it is that they're doing to just show that, oh, I'm I'm doing wonderful. That's a little bit tacky. But I mean, even when you see posts that are... Sincerely impressive. You might see a post and say, okay, that is a very tasteful, that is a very lovely home, or that vacation destination they're in. Wow, I would love to be that there. Well, it's great if um, you go on Instagram and you can feel inspiration or maybe motivation to do better, that's, that's wonderful. But what is not helpful to anyone is feeling jealous or envious. And it's very important not to feel jealous of anyone ever, not only people that you see online, but people that you see in real life. And there is a very specific reason for that. Um, Here's the thing, sometimes, um, I might see somebody that's very rich and think, oh, I would like to be rich, or somebody that's winning an award, and I can think, oh, I would like to win that award, or I can see somebody with, a, I don't know, a fabulous, uh, whatever, uh, a beautiful woman, and I think I would like to be as beautiful as she is, or whatever the case may be. But here's the thing. I think that in the end, everybody's life kind of evens out. For example, many people that have a wonderful marriage might also be struggling with health issues, or many people that have fabulous health might be deeply in debt, or many people that are, uh, I don't know, the CEO of a company making a lot of money, they might be struggling with substance abuse etc. So we never really see the full picture. We do not see the full picture online and we also do not see the full picture in real life, even with people that might be our classmates or co-workers or our neighbors. We never really know the full story. So when we say, oh, I, I hate that person because I would like to feed them and I'm so jealous, that's just because we don't know the full picture. We don't know the full extent. Everybody has their own struggles and their own tragedies. So that's very important to keep in mind. And the reverse is true as well. Sometimes we might feel sorry for somebody somebody that we know. Maybe uh, a girl that might be the wallflower at parties or maybe uh, some guy that just got divorced or whatever the case may be. We might feel bad for them. But that can also lead us to become a little condescending because again, we don't know the full story. Maybe somebody's struggling in the one aspect that we do see, but every everything else in their lives is going fantastically. In fact, so fantastically that we would be jealous if we didn't know about the bad thing that's going on. So it's really a situation where everybody has a lot of good things going for them, and a lot of bad things going for them as well. Some some uh, areas might be easy for you to just you know glide along you know wonderfully, whereas others might be very trying for for you. It's just um, everybody's individual experience. But I like to think, and perhaps I'm mistaken, but I think that at the end of all our lives, if we all averaged out. Uh, Things that caused us happiness and things that caused us grief, we would kind of all be on an even scale. I think we would be like balanced that way. And the same would be true for most. It's very hard to find someone whose life tilts dramatically in only one direction.
1: That's interesting that you mentioned stuff like that, because that's like stuff that it's like kind of obvious, right? It's not stuff people talk about. That's just like, you know, it's obvious. Like, you know, a person comes in, they're like, oh, I just, you know, divorced my husband. And everyone's like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm so sorry. That's all we know, right? And that's the only picture that we see. But, you know, that's funny because it's it's so obvious that we know that there's more to the picture, but we Mo right away, assume and judge and think, assume, well, assume, we assume everything about the story. You know, I'm going to think, you know, she got divorced. It's her fault. She did it. Everything, you know, she's got it's because, you know, she has the children. It must be because she's abusive, all that stuff. Right. That's the tough stuff start spinning you know that's that's when people say don't assume things about people don't judge them by just looking at them don't judge them by the first time that you meet them you know you don't know what's happening in someone's life and i like what you brought up because these are the kind of things that i think about when i meet a person right you know you're right when you meet someone with who has a ferrari you know you see this guy in a parking lot park the ferrari you're like wow i wish i had a ferrari oh my god that's so nice like he must be wealthy Okay, what's the, what's the real picture? A real picture could be he rented a, he rented the Ferrari. The Ferrari is just a rental. He only has it for the day. But on the side, he doesn't even actually own a car. He lives in a very small house. He li- drives, he bi- bikes everywhere. He doesn't even have a car. He doesn't even have a job. He's unemployed. He can't find work. But on the outside, he has this big smile. He's driving a red Ferrari. He has these women on his side. But it's, you know, the reality is he doesn't have anything. He's just... It's just a, it's just a show off. It's just, it's just a, fi- it's just a thing. And his intention might not be to show off. His intention might just be, oh, I'm vacationing. I'm just having a good time. I'm just enjoying my time in this place or whatever. We don't even think he's from there. And how many people do we come across a day? that have different stories, have their own thinking that, and sometimes I think we forget that the world doesn't revolve around us. We're not the only person on this planet. There are multiple people in your own household. There's like five, for example, if you have a family of five, there's five people in that house. You're just one of the five. These other four people are living their own lives. They're not living your life. They're living their own lives. Every day they wake up and they see something different. They don't see the same thing as you. They see something different. Every time you guys wake up in the same house, the same food, the same experiences and everything... They'll have a different perspective. It doesn't matter. You, you, and someone else, you could be identical twins, you could experience the world together, you could experience the same touch, the same feel, everything, but you're gonna preserve it. You're gonna your perspective of it's gonna be totally different. At the end of the day, when you hear a story from the twins in a separate room, someone's gonna tell you something different or give you more detail into something that the other person didn't. For example, oh, I saw the ocean today, right? You go and go to the Pacific Ocean. It's like, these both twins went. They saw it. They felt it. They did everything together. They're exactly the same person almost because they're identical twins from the outside, but from the brain, from the inside, what they touch, what they feel is totally different. This man could be like, oh yeah, the water... The water was water. The other man's like, I touched the water. It was smooth. It felt really nice on my hand. It was wet. The salt, I could feel it. It touched my skin. It prinkled it. I saw a fish float by as I just was taking my hand in the water. He could be descriptive. He could, you know what I mean? Like, it's totally different. I think people need to stop assuming things and start asking the questions. If someone asks you, oh, I went through a divorce. You know, the polite thing people say is don't ask. You know, just, you know, it's don't ask. Well, what if the girl just wants to talk about it? What if the person guy just wants to talk about it? What if they really just said that? Well, if someone comes in and randomly says, Oh, guys, I got divorced today. You don't just say, Oh, okay, that's, I'm sorry to hear that move on. They want to talk about it. They did they, they didn't just say, tell you guys one of the deepest secrets or tell you something that's happening in their life just to say it out there. They want to talk about it. Ask them. It's like, are you okay? Do you need to talk about it? And if they want to talk about it, they will tell you, and you will know the whole story. What happened? Turns out the husband cheated on her, or it turns out the girl, t- or the wife cheated on the husband. Turns out there was a whole story. And now, now make your judgment. Now, do you feel bad? Now, do you feel? Or turns out the wife got a divorce because the husband was an abuser. He was abusing his children. And now be like, oh, I'm so happy that you got out of this marriage. I'm so happy for you that this is happening. You don't. You shouldn't feel bad. You shouldn't feel bad. A woman does not need a man to take care of her. And a man does not necessarily need a woman to take care of him. People can be independent in this world that we live in now. And I think you should be taking in the whole picture, listening to the whole story before you assume or even think about what you know about the whole story. And I think if we learn about that, we would solve so many problems in the world. We would solve so many police cases. So many times the police show up, they assume the skin color of someone's skin and they're like, he did it. Why? why what where do you have the proof where is anything doesn't matter and and also oh he's holding the gun he, he's 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 the criminal he did it what if the guy passed the gu- gun to him and he left what if this man was just walking by and saw the gun on the ground and was like oh no this shouldn't be here i'm going to protect someone i'm going to take this to the police kid no he's 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 in the worst place at the wrong time right there's no proof against him no one's around him you're gonna assume that he did it assumptions are the worst thing this is why we have a law a justice system, which. It's not the best in my case, but I feel like it should be. This is, you know, those, those points that you make are very logical, very things that, you know, are captain obvious kind of things, right? But it's not obvious. People don't think of this stuff when they're having a conversation with someone.
0: It's not obvious at all. It's very strange, you know? Sometimes I think that we feel that it's obvious when people are online. For exactly. example, when people when we see people online, be it Um, on Instagram, on a TikTok, on, um, I don't know, any kind of social media, even on dating sites, we automatically assume that they're hiding aspects of their personality. And to a certain degree, it has to be true because you're being very two-dimensional. So of course, it has to be, uh, that's accurate up to a certain point. However, we tend to believe that everybody we meet in real life is exactly the way that we have experienced them. Mm -hmm. And as you were saying, that's not really necessarily the case. Sometimes we make quick assumptions based on a chance meeting, or maybe a couple of times that we met a person, or even we, it might even happen that we know someone for years and years and years, and they have a secret side to themselves. And I'm not necessarily saying a dark and horrible side, but just a side that we don't know. So it's, it is very interesting. It's very interesting that we might feel in this day and age that it's obvious to all that when we are encountering people online, there might be things that we don't necessarily know, but we do still think that meeting people in real life is almost a guarantee that we know everything about them or that we understand what they're about or that we can get a better feel for them. And that's not necessarily the case. I think that online uh, meetings with people are not necessarily any more let's use the word devious than, than in real life. That's a very negative word. But what I mean is that concealment is, uh, be it, you know, be it for shady purposes or just for practical purposes is uh, something that happens both online and offline. I wouldn't necessarily be more trusting of, you um, somebody that I met on the street than somebody that friended me on Facebook necessarily I mean I, they're both strangers up to a point unless you actually meet them and know them get to know them for a long long while and even then you might be surprised at some point
1: like the way uh, we're meeting know? right now right this conversation yeah. we're having to us we're total strangers right we've never met yes. this is our first conversation this is like I, we've talked over email and that's the farthest we have right coming into this I don't know what you're like. You don't know what I'm like. You don't know how this conversation is gonna go. It's a total surprise. This is the same situation in person. You know, you meet me in person. The only difference is, oh, there's a body to go with the face. You know, there's a there's a there's a look. The person's real. It's not fake. It's not CGI. Not like I'm not CGI. Just saying. There's nothing here. But (laughs) what I'm saying is, you know, in person, I think it's the same way. Meeting someone over a camera or meeting, now a camera, not back in the day, or meeting someone over the phone or meeting someone over online text, or meeting someone in person for the first time, it's gonna be all the same. You know, they'll be able to hide they're, you know, bad uh, bad personality traits that they don't want the other person to know. Not even just bad, even the good ones. Maybe they're nervous. Maybe they're anxious the first time. A lot of people aren't comfortable talking to someone for the first time. There's a lot of introverts out there. There's a lot of extroverts that are just uncomfortable talking to people for like having a really deep conversation. It's not easy for people to have these personalized deep conversations and be able to express themselves, be able to open up right away. You know, it takes time and you're right. Sometimes it can take years and years. I have friends that are opening up to me now after knowing them for two, three years. It's like, wow, this is very interesting. I didn't know about you about this. I didn't know this happened to you in the past. I didn't know this is what you planned for the future, you know, and it's, and I think that's the beauty of getting to know people. Like we mentioned earlier, connections. When you're sitting at 70 years old, you're gonna be you're gonna be like, damn, you know, I, I remember this story about someone and I wonder, you know, if they got over it. I wonder if they got over their anxiety. I, I wonder if they got over their depression. I wonder if they got married. I wonder who they married. These are the things that you know, you could know someone for a lifetime and there will be always surprises. Doesn't matter if it's in their personality, doesn't matter if it's in their life, everyone has a
0: story. You just got to ask about it. Oh, absolutely. And it's so very context dependent, because for instance, I feel like, although you and I are indeed strangers, mm-hmm. I feel like I know a little bit about you because I've been listening to your podcast. And of course, I'm seeing you right now. However, even if we were doing this live, and you invited me not on uh, only for today, but you said, you know, Sandy, let's do 50 interviews in a row. Yeah. Okay, great. I would assume that by the end of interview 50, I would say, I know him perfectly, he's my buddy, he is, uh, I know that he enjoys conversations, I know that he's a great speaker, that's that's the perception that I would get. But that is very context depending, you know, because I don't know if when you're not podcasting, maybe you're extremely quiet. Maybe you hate approaching strangers. Maybe you truly dislike small talk or even worse, lengthy conversations. Maybe this is just something you do while you're, you know, in front of the mic, in front of your computer. It's really very context dependent. Maybe in your off time, because you already do the podcasting thing, you really don't want any more social contact, And you're like, no, 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 just leave me alone. I really don't know. It's interesting. it's interesting. No, you're
1: right. And you meet someone and you're right. Context and the p- environment is such an important factor. And I think taking everything into consideration is the way to go. And I think a lot of times people think they know someone. It's because, you know, you're just in a restaurant. There's a lot of people around and you get to like, you're interacting. It's great. But the moment you guys are alone in a car or alone in a, like, in a house or just alone somewhere, it's totally different the person's a totally different person. They're like, wow, you know, I didn't know you could be nervous. I didn't know you got anxious. I didn't know, you know, you feel this way. Like it's just a totally different atmosphere. Context and atmosphere are so important because it, it just, it, it shows you that people in different, uh, in different environments, different discussions are uh, different areas of uh, have different areas of comfortability at the end of the day. So By the way, what do you do in LA now that you said you started a new career in LA? Ah,
0: Well, let me tell you, it's interesting that you should ask because um, I do a lot of things. So people that know me from one of my fields are probably not even aware that I do the other thing and the other way around. So so it's interesting. So here, uh, as I was telling you, I had to start like a new job from scratch. Absolutely. And that was partly because I couldn't really segue smoothly or seamlessly into uh, newspapers uh, at that point in time. And there was a very specific reason for that. Uh, When I moved here was specifically when um, a lot of bloggers or other content creators were coming up with great content not necessarily uh i mean of course you know quality varies but i would say that many people were actually putting out really good content for free so there was not much of a motivation at least at that point in time for media companies to hire people like myself that wanted big salaries to do something that people were doing for free so i mean of course it's a different skill set and it was a different thing it's not exactly like we were doing blogging per se, but I would say that for a company that wants content, whatever that may mean, there was not much of an incentive to hire somebody that required a uh, an actual salary. So I did get invited to participate in several, let's say, creative endeavors, but mostly for fun, not not for uh, you know employment. So I did feel that I needed to find a line of work, and in the meantime, while I was looking, I had the opportunity to translate many 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 books from english to spanish and that is a very interesting activity it's very uh let's say the barrier to entry is is great i mean you would have to be very well connected in order to be able to do this this type of task but i have to say that if you're able to it's fascinating also in the sense that you get to to translate basically Bestsellers, and it's always bestsellers because no established publishing house is going to spend resources on a translation for a book that is not already a proven, proven bestseller. So you get to, you know, become very let's say, knowledgeable and even intimate with this material that is best-selling material, and it's very interesting. Uh, That is what I loved about this freelance activity while searching for something else, although I have to say that there was something that I didn't like, and that is that it's very taxing on the body. Of course, it's taxing on the mind or the brain, but I think that the most impact is felt on the body, literally. Um, translating a book would require at the very least, I don't know, 10 hours a day in front of a computer for many, many, many weeks on end. So you're basically doing, you know, repetitive motions and it's, it's really very taxing after a while, after a few days, it's like all, all of your body hurts. Like somebody can touch you like this and it can feel like a shooting pain. It's, it's crazy. It's very interesting. Um, but it's very interesting, it's fascinating, but it is very taxing. So in any in any case, I was doing that while searching for, for an actual uh, career path that I could follow, uh, that I could follow. And as it turned out, I was um, invited to interview for one of those streaming platforms that if I gave you the name, you would automatically recognize this platform. And I went through rounds and rounds and rounds of interviews, despite the fact that I was lacking in one of the requirements. I checked all of the other boxes, but Mm. there was one very specific tech skill that I truly didn't have. However, the interviewer said, okay, it doesn't matter because you can learn that once you start working. I was like, okay, well, that's nice of them. And I honestly believed that I would get that job. However, after probably months of interviews, uh, when they were down to another candidate and me, they decided to go with the other candidate, which let me tell you, in the moment it was crushing, of course it was crushing, especially because I had uh, been searching for a while, I have to say. But on the other hand, it was a blessing in disguise because if I had received uh, that job offer firstly learning that skill while also getting used to a new country and the new city Mm -hmm. would have been overwhelming and also it seems to me that I would have been in pretty much the same situation that I had been at the newspaper which is that I would be working extremely long hours each and every day. So in the end, I would say that this was an example of rejection being protection, because it really did protect me from a a very unpleasant uh, situation. And what happened shortly after is that I somehow became aware of a career called Court interpreting. This was something that had never even been on my radar. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that this even existed. I don't think I had ever seen a courthouse, even from the outside, except for maybe in the movies. Um, And well, I became aware of this career path. I learned a little bit about that. And let me tell you, it was amazing. It seemed to be a line of work that was. Perfectly suited to my skills and to my interests. So I've been doing that for a few years now. I'm a full time interpreter at one of the largest quarters or second largest in the US, and definitely one of the largest in the country, in, in the world. Um, and it's fascinating. I can't speak highly enough of this career path, which I would never have discovered if I hadn't gotten that no from the streaming platform. So you see, it ended up being for the best. Oh, but let me tell you, the fact that I work for a for a courthouse now allows me to work normal hours. I work from eight to five, so during the rest of my day now I do a bunch of lot of, a bunch of other stuff. Hassan. Well. I became an artist. I'm doing well in that field. I became an amateur winemaker, so I also make wine, wow. and um, I also wrote a book, and it's doing quite well. So I mean it
1: things are going well. I believe. Wow. No, uh, that's the thing, right? Once, once you get a job that's, you know, that suits your, especially since you left Mexico city and we're like, I don't want to get a job where I'm working 14, 16 hours a day. And that sometimes rejections do hurt no matter what it is. Rejection hurts. It's like saying you, you aren't worth our time. You're not worth, you know, working here. You're not good enough. Right. And that hurts no matter what. But, you know, in a blessing in disguise, and it turns out it ended up being a good thing for you. And it, it turns up it ends up being a really good thing for a lot of people. Sometimes being rejected from a lot of things helps people realize, you know, maybe I'm looking in the wrong area. Maybe I need to start looking somewhere else. Maybe this isn't for me. Maybe it's a different career path I should be going towards. And, you know, I'm really happy that it worked out for you. And you have the time to do other things that you're interested in, get better at them. And it seems like you're taking full advantage of that at this point. And I'm sure you're going to have a lot of success in your other fields too. And what kind of advice would you give to people that are still working fourteen to sixteen hour days, or are thinking of, are still in high school, thinking of a career, or are students, you know, that are struggling with the career that they've chosen and are thinking of a different career. What kind of advice would you give them?
0: I think it's very important to firstly, regardless of how many hours you plan to work, or what it is that you want to do, or what your end goal may be, you need to work in something that you like and that you're suited for. I know this sounds, uh, like you were saying, maybe very obvious, but it's really not. Because sometimes you might be enamored of the glamor of a certain career or the perks that it involves, but it's not something you're specifically suited for. For instance, you might say, well, uh, I would love to be, um, I don't know, a very successful, let's say, uh, a massively successful public speaker or salesperson, because I tend to make a lot of money, but maybe, Maybe it's not in your nature. So every time you need to make a call or step on stage, you're going to be horrified. It's going to be like terrifying. You don't want to make calls. You don't want to put yourself out there because it's not in your nature. As you mentioned, many people are introverts. And although many introverts are very good at at sales and speaking, not all of them are or enjoy it. And if somebody doesn't enjoy doing that kind of thing, no amount of money will be, enough to make them like this job. And in fact, eventually the promotions will stop coming because not having the necessary skill for something or the necessary desire for something uh, shows up and, and kind of puts a stop to that. I think that everybody has very unique talents, interests, and capabilities. And you really must follow your own path. You were also mentioning that maybe several generations ago, people would just go into the same line of work as their parents, Mm -hmm. for instance. And I can see that that would open some doors if your parents were already very established, for example. And maybe you really are great at that because it's been a part of your upbringing, et cetera. But maybe you're just not. Maybe your parents were wonderful, uh, you know, maybe they were doctors, but you faint at the sight of blood, for instance, you will obviously be an effective doctor. That's yeah. a fact. So I mean, even if let's say the table is set, and you will have your own private practice from day one, and you might even have, uh, you know, patients lined up, it doesn't even make sense to start looking into that line of work, because you will not enjoy it, it, it will be horrible. So you really do need to find something that's in line with what you like. That's very important especially because they tend to go together things that you like and things that you're good at it's not necessarily the case but they do tend to go hand in hand so that's something that's very very important now the other thing is that you were asking me what advice would i also give to somebody that's working very long hours okay Again, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It depends on what that person wants. If that person feels completely fulfilled that way, maybe the person is working long hours now, but uh, they already have a spouse. They already have uh, a bunch of things that they don't need to go out and look for because they already have them. Maybe long hours are not a problem. Maybe I can think of many very happy marriages where both partners work long hours, and that's fine. They have a lot to talk about when they catch up eventually, and and it can work, of course. But if you feel that there is something missing in your life, that's maybe not the best course of action. However, I would say that working long, long hours teaches everyone a fabulous skill, which is... Somehow developing enough energy or the mindset that allows you to do a bunch of things when you're not working. For instance, if you used to work 18 hours a day your whole life, Mm -hmm. I believe that if you do retire and you might not want to, if you retire, you will fill 18 hours of the day with very productive activities. You would not feel comfortable just hanging out like a couch potato. That would not feel pleasant to you. Now, in my case, for instance, I mean, I finish my eight to five at five. It's true, and it's quite grueling. It's a very uh, complex career path that includes a lot of stress, and it's very, uh, it's challenging. It is challenging. But here's the thing: I personally thrive on stress. I enjoy it, which is also something I enjoyed uh, out of my old job. But because I'm also used to working very long hours, it's not like my workday ends and I'm like, "Ooh, time to turn on TV." No, 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 that's not my my experience in the le- in the least. I would say that most days, I'm busy doing something. Uh, I might be. I'm always involved in at very least three, four, or five freelance projects, like all the time, all the time. Uh, I also do other things. I was mentioning art and winemaking, but I'm also a video host. I do video presenting for two companies, one in Mexico and, and one in the U.S. Yeah. Um, so I interview people and I edit magazines and I do a bunch of things that normally I would say that you would normally spread out among what five people. I do the work of five people in the course of one day because I'm used to that and I like that and I enjoy that. So lengthy work days do kind of prepare you for uh, just a very productive mindset. And I think that when you do find a career path that you like, uh, you will will enjoy your your work so much that the hours will just fly by, which is what used to happen to me. The only reason I took that decision or made that decision of leaving was because I, really 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 needed to focus on other things before it was too late right
1: no you're right so sandy everything that you said you know it's very good it's very profound it's very stuff that we think about every day without having a conversation about you know we think we think about assuming about things about people we think about you know our career we always think about maybe i don't have time to do other things and sometimes we forget that we're only on this earth well and we don't know what's going to happen once you know at the end of the day people die like that's a thing everyone dies at the end of the day it doesn't matter what you believe after your death what we do know for a fact is everyone's going to die right and we only have a certain amount of time on this planet and we should make the best of it It doesn't matter where you are doesn't matter what you're doing And doesn't matter if you're wealthy or not wealthy you know at the end of the day that's not going to change the only thing that's going to change is your mindset it's the way you perceive things and Everything changes the moment you change the way you think about stuff. And your wealth, your health, and all that stuff changes when you change with it. And that's the first first method of it. What I've gotten out of this episode is, you know, change your mindset. Thank you for listening to Stability Podcast, hosted by Hassan Ashraf. All brand new episodes of Stability Podcast are posted on Mondays at 6 p.m. For more news on Stability Podcast, please follow our Instagram at Stability Podcast, our Twitter at Stability underscore pod, and our YouTube channel, which you should subscribe to at Stability Podcast.